This sermon is titled What's in a Name? The Names of God. Be enriched as you listen. Good morning. It's great to be here worshiping the Lord together, right, as, uh, as believers, as families. And, uh, you know, I uh, just want to read out before we get into the word a couple of uh, testimonies that came in um, during the week, uh, like more than two, actually. Um, let me just read that out. Okay. Okay. So, um, so this came in. Uh, this is the testimony of healing uh, from someone, and they were healed of pain in the right wrist and right knee. Uh, this person uh, sent an email saying, "Praise God for healing me after praying for a few weeks. Praise God for you. You told us it's not God's will that we must be sick." God bless you and your ministry. So this person was healed of the pain in the right wrist and the right knee. Praise God. Amen. Amen. There's one more. And this is um, someone's mother. So uh, they wrote saying that during uh, this particular Sunday service, as hands were laid to pray for healing, for back problems, I laid my hand on my mother who had a swollen cyst on her back that was infected. A doctor who she consulted recommended that she undergoes a surgical procedure to remove the cyst. However, after the Sunday service, her cyst began to shrink and is almost non-existent now. Even though there is a small bump, praise God, remaining when I asked uh, to go to the doctor, she insisted that she's been healed completely and she does not experience any pain or discomfort. So praise God for healing and uh, for her faith. So yeah, all the glory to God. He's the healer. Uh, there's one more testimony of healing and this is um, a gardener who has healed um, and he's from this apartment society, apartment complex. So um, so this person wrote saying, you know, during the supernatural healing prayer time, while pastor was ministering healing prayer, we prayed for um, this person's healing and God healed him. Praise God. Uh, this week he returned to work completely healed. Oh, I forgot to mention that this gardener had a stroke a month ago and his right hand was completely paralyzed. So during the supernatural um, healing service, the family prayed for him, and uh, now he's uh, returned back to work, completely healed. And this person writes saying, praise God, thank you, Lord. Uh, even though he might not have realized then that it was Jesus who healed him, we spoke to him about Jesus, and we have kept him in prayers. Amen. Praise God. So let's just give a big hand to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all these healings. Um, so those of you who have uh, you know, experienced uh, the hand of the Lord uh, with regard to healing or with regard to anything, right? Um, you might think, oh, it's something small, uh, you know, uh, and not worth mentioning. No, it, you, it, it is significant. The Lord has intervened and changed and, you know, aligned and brought uh, uh, and manifested his power. So, you know, just right back. Uh, right back church, you know, testimony at apcwo.org and uh, be glad to hear and, uh, and give praise to him, right? Okay, um, so today's sermon is titled, uh, What's in a Name? Okay, so turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, what's in a name? Yeah, yeah okay, some of you don't have neighbors, you can ask me, <laughs> what's in a name? You know, uh, do you all know your, the meaning of your names, Right? Yeah, okay, just so turn to the neighbor and, uh, and ask them, do you know the meaning of your name? Okay, so why don't you just tell them what your name means? Okay, why don't you tell them what your name means? I'm sure it has a meaning. Or if you don't know the meaning, you can just tell them, you know, I, I really don't know. You know, those of you who are watching online, yeah, you know, right there where you are, maybe the person sitting next to you. Just tell them, you know, th this is what my name means. Or, you know, maybe you can find out what your name means, right? So this, today we're going to look at um, what's in a name. That's only part of the title. The second part of it is the names of God. The names of God. You know, it's interesting to see that um, 
uh, um, the, the whole thing about name itself, uh, you know, whether it's parents or whether it's uh, a scientific society or when it comes to biology or physics, there are a lot of conventions, you know, which go into naming something or naming a person. I'm sure as parents, you uh, researched a lot, right? Now it's online, so baby names, and, and you wanted to give the right name for your baby, your child, so that um, he or she will probably grow up to that potential, yes or no, right? You, you, you wanted to give that name to, uh, you know, that name which probably you looked up to, or, um, you know, that person you looked up to, or sometimes, you know, you're kind of forced, right? Okay, this grandfather name has to be there. Okay, this grandmother's name has to be there. And then one more choice, you know, you give your choice. How many of you had that experience, right? Um, and also, you know, some of us have some challenging names, right? Um, I was recently reading about uh, X-A12. Anybody? <laughs> you heard about that name, right? Uh, X-A12. And did any of you have challenges with your name growing up? You know, maybe in school, college, you know, your name, and people asking you, what's that name again? What's your name again? Right? Uh, yeah, you, you had? Yeah, Caleb? Okay. So I had a problem, you know, my name is Jay Kumar Isaiah. So everybody mispronounced it. Everybody mispronounced it. They said Isaiah, or it could be, you know, uh, you know something else, and always mispronounced my name. So I was, I was like, you know, left wondering, you know, I wish my name was something simpler. So then, uh, after many years, I figured out, okay, this is what I will do. If they ask me, you know, what kind of a name is that? Isaiah, I, you know, I just tell them, you know, you know Ramaya? It's just like that, Ramaya, Isaiah, <laughs> okay. So, just very simple. Uh, but, you know, names, interesting, right? And uh, the fact is, when we look into the word, when you look at the Bible, we see that uh, people carried some very interesting names. And uh, the names were very significant because it talked about, uh, this described something about them. Right? It, uh, it was very significant. So a name like Abram, which meant exalted father, right? exalted father. And then we also see in the Bible that there were instances when God would come and change that name. Right? He would come and say, oh, no, 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 your, no, your name no longer shall be Abram. But it's going to be Abraham or Abraham. Right? He just put that ha in there, you know, breathed that ha, and it said, it's going to be Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. And every time the Lord changed people's names, it was to show them how he actually saw them. Right? How he actually saw them. And to reveal something about them, probably they didn't know. Or to change the way they looked at themselves. Hey, you look at yourself this way. You're no more an exalted father, but you're a father of a multitude now. Not just one or two, but a multitude. So to change the way they looked at themselves and to definitely change their course of life and destiny. The Lord stepped in and, and, and he would change all that. With a mere changing of names. Because that is what people would refer them Know, call them as day in and day out, and it becomes so part of their identity, and they begin to see uh, themselves very differently. The interesting thing is that God, when He reveals His names, or when 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 He is introduced in the Word, right? Um, sometimes He would come and He would meet with people, and He would say, "I am." so-and-so, hello, nice to meet you, you know, I am so-and-so. And he would give his name, he would speak his name. Or there would be some, some incident, some circumstance, somewhere where he would manifest his power, his, uh, his attributes, and, and the people would say, yes, he is so-and-so. Right. So God would, through his names, through the revelation of his names, he was he would reveal, or he still reveals, his character, his attributes, his power. In other words, whenever he speaks his name, he's saying, you know, this is who I am, and this is what I do, and this is what I'd like to do in your life, and this is what I'd like to change about you and in your life, and so on. When he speaks his name. 
And I'm sure that, uh, you know, uh, many of us have studied uh, the names of God and we're familiar and maybe in, in children's church we've studied and uh, we know, uh, you know, some of these names. We're just going to take a quick look at some of these names of God and how those names uh, reveal God's character and God's nature, right? So first of all, we're going to, you know, go to the beginning. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can just turn to uh, Genesis chapter 1. You know, it's such a dramatic start to a great book. You can almost hear the music. You know, it's like a big choir singing or a big symphony that is being played. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You, know, you, you just need to stand up and give an applause. You know, how many of you feel like doing that? Right? When you read that, in the beginning, God created and the word that is used there to describe God is Elohim, which means it's in the plural, but it's referred to in the singular. But Elohim, which talks about the majesty of God, right? which talks about um, uh, the triune God. In the beginning, God created. And, and the word bara, which means he brought something out of nothing. And we read the creation account. We read through Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, and we see that God spoke things into existence. This awesome, this great, this amazing God, he spoke things into existence. You know, apparently, uh, there's, a, there's a something called the signs of uh, fine-tuning. Okay? And um, they talk about, uh, you know, uh, the details of, of several things, like, like how the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth. Okay? If it is uh, closer by a few million miles, no life on earth. If it's further away, no life on earth. It's 93 million miles away from earth. And they say, the earth, we know, earth is tilted on its axis by 23.5 degrees. You know, if, if there is no tilt, then again, there's no life on planet earth. You know, it's tilted because of um, the gravitational pull from the, from the sun and from the moon. So 40% of that pull comes from the sun and 60% comes from the moon. Therefore, the earth is tilted. And because of that, it's, it's, it's able to sustain life. Uh, and because of that tilt, you know, um, if it was not tilted, then one part of the earth would be scorched. The other part would be frozen. But because of the tilt, uh, life is sustained on planet earth. And uh, there's 21% oxygen in the atmosphere and, and on and on and on, you know. Many interesting things that 3.4% uh, salt in the ocean and apparently in the bloodstream. Right? You can check this out. Um, but the fact is, this, this big God, he spoke these things into existence. And we, when you look at the sun, scientists say that the surface of the sun is so... You know, it's so tumultuous and so volatile and it's like a few mega uh, tons of nuclear bombs going off every minute or every second. So volatile. And the Bible says that God spoke it into existence. He spoke it into existence. In the beginning, Elohim created. He's the God of big things. Our God is greater. Sometimes we look at, you know, things around, the circumstance around and say, hey, you know, this financial problem, this business thing, this pandemic thing, oh, it's, you know, it's too big. In the beginning, Elohim created. this purpose, this beauty, this design in his creation. And of course, because of the fall, that purpose, beauty and design has been marred. But we also see in Scripture that in Romans 8 verse 21, creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Amen. Amen. So, you know, can you turn to your neighbor and say, my God is greater. You know, what is that thing that is trying to be greater in your life, right? You can say, boldly say, my God is greater because he is Elohim, the God who created heavens and the earth. Okay. The God of big things. He's also the God of the small, minute details and specifics. Praise God. The psalmist testifies and he says in Psalm 139 and verse 14, he says, I will praise you 
for i am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well right okay so we move on we saw El, uh, elohim which means uh, um the powerful god the source of all creation and then we look at another name uh, of god which is el shaddai which means the almighty uh, it also came to mean the bountiful the all sufficient one and the lord uh, pronounces this name when he has this conversation with uh, with abraham right he's known as abram and we read about it in exodus i'm sorry um genesis 15 and uh, god comes and tells him you know abraham you you will have a heir and this is the promise that you will be father of uh, you know uh, many nations and he gives this promise in genesis 15 and then we move on uh, years pass and when um, we read in genesis 16 that uh, something happens abraham heeds sarai's Abraham heeds Sarai's counsel and Sarai says you know I think we should do something about this he heeds the counsel and they have uh, uh, Ishmael and then the lord comes and meets him and Abraham Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born and and the lord comes and meets him and this is recorded for us in Genesis 17 verse 1 when Abraham was 99 years old the lord appeared to abram and said to him i am almighty god walk before me and be blameless walk before me and be blameless so he visits abram when he is 99 years old and he does a few things here he introduces himself as the all sufficient as the bountiful one he says el shaddai i am el shaddai the all sufficient the bountiful one and he and he does a few things he says i am this i am so and so i am el shaddai and he reminds him about his promise this is what i promise and this is what i will do in your life and he also does the third thing he changes abram's name to abraham and he changes sarai's name to sarah right he meets with them and he does these three things and he says i am el should i you know there are times when the promise you know we've received from god is so weighty and the vision that we've you know we've received the the plans that we've received from is so weighty but after a period of time you know we feel so insufficient we feel insufficient and say you know or oh, maybe it's because of our insecurities whatever and we say you know will i be able to actually receive this promise will i be able to carry this vision will i be able to do that we feel you know looking at our own frailties and looking at our own failings that we feel so insufficient and god today is meeting and is pronouncing his name and he's saying i'm el shaddai i'm almighty god the bountiful one the all sufficient one the apostle paul he declares and he says our sufficiency is from god our sufficiency is from god uh, genesis 18 and verse 14 uh, the lord declares you know is anything too hard for the lord el shaddai the bountiful one the all sufficient one hebrews 10 and verse 23 declares you know let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful hold fast meaning possess or retain or seize to to hold on so that we can through faith and patience inherit the promises he is sufficient he is well able to make us sufficient amen amen then we see the lord coming and um meeting with the israelites and with moses and we read about it in exodus 15 and the lord declares or um uh, it is moses who uh, the lord declares that i am the lord who heals you okay let's look at exodus 15 and verse um, verse 26 okay uh, maybe we can just uh, look at what happens before this okay exodus 
15, um, the Lord, before, before this we read that the Lord takes the Israelites through the Red Sea, they, they go through the wilderness of Shur for about three days, they come, you know, uh, to this place called Mara, but they are very disappointed when they see, when they, when, when, they, when they get the information that the waters are bitter. And the Lord gives an instruction to Moses and says, you know, you, you throw this tree into the waters. And when Moses does that, the waters were made sweet. And everybody drank from the water. And, and the Lord gives an instruction there in his saying, if you diligently hear the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the God who heals you. Or in other words, he's saying, I'm Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord, your health. I am the Lord, your health. Can we, can we you know, just tell ourselves, you know, he is the Lord, my health. He is the Lord, my health. The Lord is saying, you know, this is what I am. This is who I am. But if you notice, you see that it is actually an invitation to walk in divine health. Right? In a sense, he's saying, you know, if you heed the voice of the Lord, meaning you know, you're making an attempt to hear his voice, right? Walking with him, listening, making an attempt to listen to his voice, to be in his presence, to heed the voice of the Lord. And he also says, you know, um, if you'll heed, diligently heed the voice of the Lord, give ear to his commandments and keep all the statutes. So the Lord is saying, you know, you walk with me, you walk in fellowship with me, for I am the Lord, your health. I am the Lord, your healer. So as we walk in fellowship with him, the Lord will speak to us. The Lord will, you know, uh, Lord will give us instruction how to steward our health and how to walk in divine health. Amen. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our health. And especially in these times, I know we have many questions, you know, if he's Jehovah Rapha, then why that person? Then why this person, you know, did or did not get healed? I'm sure all of us have, you know, many questions, right? Um, I just want to share something, what happened in my life. And, um, you know, uh, when I first moved to Bangalore because of the Poland count and all that, I had a lot of wheezing, right? I had a wheezing problem and for many years and... Um, and I remember, you know, going to this uh, small church and this lady prayed over me and then that was the first time she actually spoke you know, and talked about what the Lord Jesus carried on the cross, right? So she said, you know, not only did he carry your, your sins, but he also carried your sicknesses, all your symptoms, and he carried on the cross. And then uh, she prayed and she said, you know, now we have prayed, now go back home and thank the Lord because by his stripes you are healed. Okay, so uh, I went back home, I uh, began to thank the Lord, and, and that night I had the, the most severe attack of wheezing, right? I was there on the couch, and everybody was sleeping, and I couldn't sleep, I was just walking around, and it was a very severe attack of uh, wheezing, and I, but all the time I just said, okay, God, you know, you took the symptoms on the cross, and you are my healer, and by your stripes I am healed. You know, I'm going to just worship you, I'm going to thank you, I'm going to pray and, and do that. So I, I really don't know, uh, you know, what happened after that. Uh, morning, I was just there on the couch, I woke up, but I was completely healed of wheezing. Right? From that day onwards, uh, no wheezing, praise God. Right? This is, I'm talking about some two decades and a half, I think. <laughs> um, so, uh, complete healed of wheezing. Then I had some, some other issues, you know, um, like binging on uh, red meat and all that, and I had problems with uric acid and gout, and, and um, very painful, right? Pain, painful uh, pain in the joints. And, and uh, I remember, you know, we, we, we were doing a series on healing, uh, and every morning I'll get up with pain, go to the church, teach about how God is our healer, come back in pain and saying, you know, I just went on for some time, for a few Sundays, and I said, God, you know, what is happening? 
you know, I, I know that you healed me in an instant, God. You know, I, I was completely healed and I know, I believe that. I believe that you're the supernatural God and uh, you, you, you're the healer, but nothing is happening here. And, uh, you know, after some time, I was just tired. I said, God, I don't think this is working. I don't think this is working. Something has to change. Or I just can't go on, you know, like this. And the Lord took me back to Isaiah 53. You know, I read that scripture many times. But Isaiah 53, that he carried our sicknesses. He carried our griefs. He carried our pains. And by his stripes, uh, we are healed. Okay, so till that time, you know, till going back to Isaiah 53, I, I just felt the Lord leading me. And after reading that, there was no more leading. He just stopped. In other words, the Lord was saying, you know, I've, this is what I've done. Now, what's your response? Right? Um, and that, you know, was a, was a turning point for me. I had to kind of put a stake on the ground and say yes or no. There's no other thing. Right? So that day I said, Lord, there are too many factors, there are too many questions, God. I can't figure out my finite mind. But this one thing, I'll believe. This one thing, I'll hold on, God. I may not be able to explain the how and the why and so on, but God, you are the truth. You are the way and the life. I've experienced salvation. You are the healer. I experience healing. And so I'm going to hold on to this. Right? And the Lord is introducing himself to some of us today. I am Yehovah, Jehovah Rapha. And we might have 101 reasons why, why not, but he wants to meet with us and say, I am Jehovah Rapha. Amen? Amen. Okay. Then we move on to um, uh, another place where the Lord again comes and introduces. And this is in Exodus 17. So if you would like to go there, Exodus 17. Uh, again, a very interesting place. Um, some very interesting insights. Okay. Is everybody listening? Okay. Because I can't see your expressions, right? I can only see your eyes. Some of those eyes are closing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, uh, in Exodus 17, Moses builds an altar and calls its name, the Lord is my banner, or the Lord is my banner of victory, Jehovah Nissi. You know, we sang about it, Jehovah Nissi. And what happens is, uh, the story is there in eight, uh, verses 8 to 15, that the Amalekites come and attack, they fight with the Israelites, and it's this place called Rephidim, and Moses gives an instruction to Joshua. Right? Moses says, um, you know, choose some men, go and fight. Now, I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Okay? I'm going to stand here. I'm going to stand on top of this hill. And uh, it, it's recorded here that when Moses held up his hands, held up his hand, Israel won or kept winning. But when he brought down or put his hands down, then the Amalekites won. So Moses, here he's got his the rod, his the staff, and he's put his hands up, and he's like, uh, okay, it's, it's hurting now. And then Joshua's like, Moses, what's happening? You know, put your hand up. Right? So they brought a stone. They said, Moses, you sit down now. And there's Hur and, uh, uh, who's the other person? Hur and um, Aaron. Yeah, Hur and Aaron come, and they supported the hands and said, Okay, we're going to hold your hand up now. Okay. And they won. And Moses testifies and he says, the Lord says to Moses, you know, in, in verse 14, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua. Moses built an altar, verse 15, and called its name, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner of Victory. Victory banner. You know, it's, it's interesting that the Lord should, or Moses should lift up that rod, that staff. 
you know. I, I was just thinking, you know, what's so special about that staff? We know that it's, there's nothing special because it's, it's God, right? He's the supernatural one. But if you go back, uh, I think this is in Exodus 4, Moses is there, he's in the wilderness, and he's looking after the sheep. And guess what he's got in his hand? The staff, right? He's got that staff, and he's looking after the sheep. And then the, he has this encounter with God, God speaking from that burning bush. And God gives this big vision saying, you need to lead now. You need to go. And, and Moses comes out with all kinds of reasoning. You know, I'm a, you know I, I cannot speak. Uh, you got the wrong address. God, I, I cannot do this. And, uh, and God says, no, you go. I will be with you. You go. And then uh, and he says, no, you know, I don't have a way with words. You know, people don't understand. Then God says, you know, okay, you take Aaron. Take Aaron and go with him. I will be with him. I will, you know, I will put the words in your mouth. You will put the words in his mouth and he will, you know, speak it out. Go. And still Moses is like, God, you know, God says, what do you have in your hand? Uh, oh, the staff? This is what I, you know, kind of, something comes after my sheep, I drive it out. Put it down, Moses. He puts it down. It changes into a snake. And then God says, okay, lift it up by the tail now. He takes it and it changes into a staff once again. Right? Something that he was comfortable with, something that was his security actually in the natural. You know, this was something that he was holding on to, the everyday thing. But the Lord changed that, did something super with that natural thing that he was holding in his hand. And then we read, God giving this instruction. You go talk to the Pharaoh. And by the way, Aaron also has this staff. And God uses that also in a similar way in front of the Pharaoh. Put that down and becomes a snake. And then we, on and on we read that when, when there was a Red Sea crossing, God gives him, you know, take that staff, take that rod, and wave it and lift it, and the waters will pass. You know, our God is Jehovah Nissi. And we're looking for spectacular things. The Lord will do spectacular things. But sometimes it's the everyday, is the, the small things that he's asking us to do. Maybe some things that we, we are familiar with and we are comfortable with. And the Lord is saying, you know, do those small things. Be consistent with those small things. And I want to give you victory. Right? I am Jehovah Nissi, your banner of victory. And we are saying, God, I, I've not seen victory, God, you know, in this area. God is saying, do those small things. You know, now, don't read too much into the, you know, the rod and the staff and say, okay, this article now, this is my, you know, this is what God will, no, just saying that. Please don't get me wrong, right? So, this is saying that the Lord will use those small things, but it will shift some big things in life. Maybe it's someone who will come and, you know, just remind you over and over again, do this, do this, do this. You know, um, yeah, very quickly, you know, recently, you know, I've had this challenge with physical fitness, you know, being, being consistent and all that. So, once again, I went and signed up in the gym. Once again, okay, this happened many times. Once again, I said yes. And uh, then after two, day, two days, I didn't go. Then after the, on, on the third day, it's very significant. On the third day, right, uh, I get this you know, instructor who's standing at the door on his two-wheeler. And he's saying, uh, he got to know, uh, I was working with church and all that. So saying, so pastor, give me your number. I gave him my phone number. And that was, a, I don't know, that was a great thing. That's a small thing that happened. I gave him the phone number. From that day till today, uh, I think this happened uh, you know, a month ago, every day, okay, believe me, every day, there'll be a message in the morning. What time are you coming to the gym? <laughs> there'll be a message at night. What time are you coming tomorrow? There'll be a message in the morning. 
there'll be a wake-up call saying, you know, what am I coming today? What am I coming now? And even if I go there regularly, you know, he's there. Maybe the Lord is, you know, bringing such things into your life. And these small things matter, but I'm the supernatural God. And, uh, you know, what do you have in your hand? What is it that you're, you know, what, what is it that you're dealing with? I want to give you victory. Right? He is Jehovah Nissi, our victory banner. Can we say hallelujah? Amen. Right? And then we see that the Lord is our provider. Jehovah Jireh. You know, we are very familiar with this. The Lord is my provider. And we see the, the account that God tells, he's testing Abraham. He, he tells Abraham, you know, after all those years and after all those, you know, all these went through and Isaac is born and Isaac is now a youth and, and the Lord comes and tells him, you know, take your son, you know, your only son, the one whom you love and offer him as a sacrifice and, and Abraham says, okay. So probably by this time he, he knew the heart of God. He's saying, okay, God, I'll do that. And they go. And they go up to this land of Moriah and to this mountain. And as they are going, I'm sure, you know, Isaac is asking all kinds of questions. Uh, you know, where's the, uh, you know, what are we going to do and all that. You know, when we come back, you know, I have this, I have this in mind. I want to build this. And, and Abraham is walking towards that, um, towards that mountain. And, and there was still a two, two days or three days journey from, to, to that place. And Abraham tells his servants, he says, you know, be here, we will worship on that mountain, and we will come back to you. Right? He makes a declaration of faith, we will come back to you. And further on, uh, they go, and Isaac is asking, but Father, where is the sacrifice? Where is the sacrifice? You have the, you know, the firewood and everything, but where is the sacrifice? And uh, Abraham says, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. So he was in obedience, he was walking with God, and he comes to that place, and as, he's, as he raises the knife, hears the voice of the angel of the Lord saying, stop, do not do that. And there is a ram which is caught in the thicket, and he offers that ram as a sacrifice. And he testifies, and he says, this is what we see, and Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide as it is said to this day. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The Lord will provide. The psalmist also testified saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will provide. In Ephesians 3 verses 20 and 21, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide because that's his name and he has revealed himself in, 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 through his name and that is his character, that is his attribute, that is his nature. And the heart of God, the Father heart of God is that of a generous giver. Generous giver. And we see that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. You know, let's just quickly read that. Matthew 7, um, Matthew 7 and verse 7, right? Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And on. And then it says... In verse, verse 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts or good things to those who ask him? Our Father is our provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. So I want to ask us this question, you know, why did we stop asking? What made us stop asking? Did our picture of the provider change? 
because of some disappointment or something that happened and we're not able to figure that out and you stop asking. So Matthew 7, the Lord's instruction is ask, seek and knock. So I'm asking myself, you know, why did I stop asking about that thing? I'm not talking about just material things, but whatever our needs are, right? Why did we stop asking? It's, I think it's good to find out and go back to God and receive healing and strength and paint, let God paint that fresh picture about who He is. That He is Jehovah Jireh. I'm sure each one of us have many testimonies. There have been times when maybe we reached the end of the road, there was nothing much, but the Lord lifted us up. Right? And whenever I you know, encounter that word, Jehovah Jireh, uh, I, I just think of that song. You know, it doesn't depend on the circumstance, the strength of my arm or my voice, but it doesn't depend on the way I feel, but I've made up my mind and I'm going to, I'm going to rejoice and that, that was a song which just, you know, it's a song by, um, I think, Bob Fitz. And that song just came into my heart when I was going through a very tough time financially. And the fact, uh, and the other song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me. God is a God, our provider. And today, let him, you know, even as he comes and introduces, let him paint a fresh picture of himself as the provider. Don't stop asking. Right. And then we come to uh, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Right. Shalom, the word, um, uh, means health and prosperity and peace and safety and well-being and rest. And we see this word introduced in Judges chapter 6, uh, where Jehovah Shalom is mentioned. And Gideon, he, he, uh, uh, it's written about Gideon. Gideon is there, and uh, it, uh, when we read Judges 6, we see that Gideon is actually threshing grain in the wine press because of the Midianites, and he's doing it undercover because they would come and take away the grains. And, and he's, he's doing that. And, and he has an encounter with the Lord. The angel of the Lord comes and says, you know, arise, uh, O man of valor. And uh, he's surprised. He's, uh, he's taken aback. And he's, and he's asked this question, if the Lord is our God, then where are all the miracles? Well, that's what he starts off with. Where are all the miracles? And as a, as a cause of that, during the course of that conversation, uh, the angel of the Lord proclaims and says, you know, go in the strength of yours, for you will win. And he says, no, our clan is the weakest, and I am the, I am the youngest. Cannot. And we read, in, um, uh, uh, we read in verse 16, and God promises that he will be with him. And we go on to verse 23. He says, shalom be with you. Shalom be with you. He's, he promises his presence and he says, shalom be with you. Health and prosperity and peace and safety, well-being, rest be with you. And after he builds the altar to the Lord, after breaking down the other altar, he says, the Lord is peace. He calls it the Lord is peace. So this shalom did something to Gideon, right? He, he put away the failures of the past. He put away his old identity and he got hold of something, the vision, the purpose that God had for him. And he moved on and he fulfilled it as one of the judges of Israel. Right? Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. And um, the Lord Jesus says in John 14 and verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let, your, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And we know that the Lord Jesus himself is the Prince of Peace. 
Now he's giving us his shalom. And Isaiah 26 and verse 3 declares, you will keep him in perfect peace. The word there is shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on you. The Lord is introducing himself to us as Jehovah Shalom. In the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all the questions, the Lord is introducing and saying, I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm that anchor in that storm. In all that chaos, in all that confusion, I'm Jehovah Shalom. In all that regret, in all that pain, I'm Jehovah Shalom. It'll cause you to move ahead, move forward, and fulfill the destiny. Then lastly, we come to Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. Okay. Psalm 23 and verse 1, the psalmist declares, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've read this many, many, many times, but let's quickly go through it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's testifying, saying, the Lord is my shepherd, the one who leads me, the one who cares for me, the one who nourishes me, the one who restores my, my battered emotions, the one who restores my soul. He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And he makes a very important declaration and he's saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life because I follow the shepherd who is good. Right? And the word follow, it means chase and hunt. Now, that's his declaration. Surely goodness and, I'm not going to chase after goodness and mercy, but goodness and mercy will come chasing after me because I follow the good shepherd. That is what his declaration is. And, uh, and the thing is this, the names of God are his revelation, his attributes. The names of God are not, not just information for us. We, we, we see many other names. He's Adonai, the sovereign Lord. He's El Elyon, the most high God. And he says, I am who I am, the all-sufficient and the self-existent one. And, uh, you know, Jehovah Sidkenu and Mikadesh and, and so on. And his revelation is not just information for us, but it's an invitation for each one of us. You know, that's the important thing. That maybe for us it has been information, you know, uh, but we need to see, we need to know that it is an invitation for us to experience, to encounter this God. Psalm 34, in verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And that word taste means to perceive, to grow in awareness, become aware of, or experience through your senses. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So even as we've looked at the names, the Lord is inviting us for an encounter with him, inviting us to his presence, inviting us and in saying, you know, I want to talk to you, I want to put some things in you, I want to remove some things out of you, but I am good. Oh, taste and see, I am all that I said I am. And we see all these characteristics embodied in the person of the Lord Jesus. In the person of the Lord Jesus. You know, we learned last Sunday that he is the express image of the Most High God. And when we want to, when you look at Jesus, we see the Father, we see the Son, we see the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2 and verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, 
Every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, of those under the earth. Jesus, the wonderful name that is above every other name. just want to read this um, small chorus, which is from this song called What's in a Name, an old song by this band called Petra uh, uh, from this album Beyond Belief. Uh, it says, what's in a name that the demons flee? What's in a name that the captives go free? What's in a name that every knee should bow? In the name of Jesus, name above all names. There is power and glory forever and ever. There is power and glory forever and ever. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is peace in the name of Jesus. And the Lord would come to us and say, you know, there is forgiveness, there is healing, and there is salvation. And he's inviting us today because of the revelation of the name and the person of Jesus. He's inviting us for that relationship with him. And if there's anyone here, and if you've not yet, you know, given your yes to Jesus, the Lord Jesus, embodying all these characteristics as provider and healer and deliverer, and coming and saying, you know, inviting us for a relationship with him. And if there's anyone here and you're saying, you know, I've not yet given my wholehearted yes to Jesus, you know, you can do that. Maybe struggling with unforgiveness or saying, you know, how can I have this relationship with him? The Bible talks about sin that prevents us from him, from going near to him. Sin is like a barrier. And the Lord Jesus, on the cross, he took our sin. On the cross, he took what was separating us from him so that we can enter into this eternal relationship with him. And if there's anyone here who, who's not given that yes to Jesus, you can do that. You can talk to him right now. Invite him right now into your heart, into your life and say, come Lord Jesus. I give my wholehearted yes. You know, like we, like Pastor was sharing during the communion that he has extended this covenant. He has given himself wholeheartedly, made himself available for each one of us. Now what is stopping us from being wholeheartedly available for him or wholeheartedly giving ourselves to him? Right? So, as the worship team comes up, um, worship team, yeah, you can come up and we're going to just, um, you know, think about what we heard now, that God is God who reveals he's, uh, he's the all-powerful one, he's the all-knowing one, and, and the Lord Jesus is inviting us to that uh, encounter, to that experience. He's in inviting us for that, to that relationship. So, if you've, if if some of us here do not have that relationship with him, you can go ahead and just invite and, and pray. You know, with all heads bowed, maybe we can just pray and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Um, and those of us who are watching online as well, you know, if you've never ever invited Jesus into your life, uh, you can do that. Say, Lord, I call upon your name. Come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross. You took my sin on the cross. You died for me on the cross. And you rose again so that I could be free from this. I receive you. I invite you into my life. I'm struggling with this. I have all these questions. I have all these things happening in my life. Come, change my life right side up. And he will do it. You can go ahead and pray. And maybe there's some of us here and, uh, you know, we're saying, no, I've never experienced God as my provider. I've always struggled in that area. I've not experienced God as my healer. You know, as the Lord has introduced himself in these ways, can we say, Lord, I come to you even as you have taken that step towards me, God. I come to you and make myself available uh, I want to taste and see that the Lord, that Lord, you are good. So, God, come. 
have your way in me, God. You know, uh, just present your need to him. Say, God, you know, this is what uh, my need is. Can you show yourself strong? Can you manifest your glory? just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Let's hear the gladness Your name is power Your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Speak his name. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every Every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus. Your name, your name, your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Yes, it is. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadow. Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Come on, every hand lifted up, can we sing that bridge one more time? Come on. Speak his name, speak his name, shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the street, yeah. Jesus in the darkness over every end. For my family, won't you speak his name? Jesus, for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus. Come on, let's lift that up one more time. Shout Jesus, shout Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the street. Darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name. Jesus. 
the shift, that change, uh, just weighing down on you. You feel that 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 wedding ring is like a, you know, something heavy pulling you down. Uh, but the Lord wants you to know that uh, He has good plans. The Lord wants you to know that when you, uh, when when He is that third strand in that cord, you know He makes all things beautiful. And probably, you know, there was no time to prepare and so on. But uh, uh, I believe the Lord will, um, you know, prepare your hearts and uh, and show the blueprint for marriage, and it, it'll be a joyful thing, right? And your lives be a testimony uh, to many others. So you don't have have to, uh, yes, it is a change in season. Yes, you cannot, you know, you cannot expect things to be the same uh, as it was when you were single. But, uh, but the fact is that, um, you know, there's freedom, there's liberty, and the Lord is cheering you on, you know, as, as a married couple. Um, there, there's, uh, with Him, with, with His rule and reign, there is righteousness, peace, and joy. And in your home, you know, uh, there, is, there will be the voice of rejoicing. Hallelujah. I just want to call pastor if you have any word, pastor. Yeah? Okay. 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 Um, so before we close, you know, is there anyone who prayed that prayer and said, Lord, I'm giving my wholehearted yes to you. Come into my life. You know, if you've received the Lord as your Lord and Savior. You know, if there's, there's any person who did that for the first time, you know, can you put your hand up? We just like to pray and give you something. Uh, if there's anyone here in the auditorium who said, I pray that prayer, I invited Jesus into my life. Um, okay, I don't see any hands. Right. So those of you who are watching online, you know, maybe uh, you know, you've, you've prayed that prayer, you invited Jesus into your life. Um, do the first steps, right? begin to read uh, the word, begin to uh, start talking to him, pray to him, uh, pray with him and pray to the Lord and, and find some fellowship, like other believers who can pray with you, who can meet regularly uh, for a time of Bible study and prayer and, and grow spiritually. Uh, there are several resources on our church website. You could, you could uh, make use of those as well. So let's, let's close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.